Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio production. So a whole month of listener requests. This is pretty exciting. Yes, yes. Round two. Yeah, and actually, two, uh, we got another one on Twitter, so it'll it'll actually carry over to the first right. uh, Sunday, uh, first week in March as well. But we we have more in the backlog, so we can just uh, add this to the the list and do that one the next time we do uh, a listener request month. I mean, we can just keep going into March. We have no plans for March. I mean, I guess technically right. March is our three-year anniversary. That's true. Yeah, you know, I, I got no issues with that. I've just got no issues with that as well. I'm glad we decided this uh, live on air. So yeah, <laughs> I say live on air, uh, but you know, really, it's just because uh, here at the Nahoit, we do not believe in editing uh, our podcast. That's true. That's I do, true. however, believe just... in editing all our other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> this one, however, it's kind of like, uh, dude, we've, we're, we're 162 episodes in, like, that ship has sailed. <laughs> you know, I feel like we just, we kind of put it all out there with this podcast, and I, there's nothing really that I would want to cut most of the time, and we, we do pretty good on, on episode length, so we're not cutting for time, it would really just be for content, and... I don't know. None of the content's any better than anything <laughs> right? <else. laughs> right. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I say that, you know, the one thing I was thinking about this earlier today, uh, because there are so many good lines in this movie, mm. and I was thinking about uh, what we used to do back in the day in our first 50 episodes was we used to cut, oh, yeah. before we had a theme song, we, we would cut a, a clip, like a, like a clip from the show or from the movie and put it at the beginning and the end. Yes, um, I forgot about that. So that was uh 
Yeah, that was our thing that we used to do. And that's the only thing that I think I would bring back is is that. Uh, but other than that, uh, I think it, it, it's as is. It, it's pretty much best as is. We've been on something of a journey for these last three years. Different formats, new uh, new theme song. Yeah. Um, but no editing. No editing. That was <laughs> I, the one thing I think we never we've had a, did. I think there's been a grand total of three edits, and one of them was just because like we were chattering through what was supposed to be the break, and like, oh, well, we need to cut that out. And yeah, I mean, the only t- I think the only other uh, time where edits were when like the edit, like the recording messed up. Remember how when yeah. we were, when we were doing it in the same room, and all of a sudden it would yep. just stop recording sometimes, and we'd have to go back. Yeah, that was gnarly. Yeah, fucking garage band. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it has been a crazy journey, and we will talk more about that crazy journey next week or next month. But until then, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight. And I am Caleb, a toxic snake. (laughs) (laughs) So... So we're we're here to talk about the movie Hard Ticket to Hawaii, which uh, was a listener request, and this is uh, uh, this is a, a listener request from uh, Julian. So Julian, thank yeah. you very much for requesting. Shout this out film. to Julian. Yeah, shout out to Julian, my man. Uh, so we uh, we definitely appreciate this one because um, boy was this a movie. <laughs> this was I as I was watching it, I was thinking like this is the first one in a while that I feel like I can truly say was at least fun bad. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. It was it was by no means a good movie. It was absolutely it was terrible. No, it was a terrible but movie. Unlike most of the ones that we've watched in the last few months that have been terrible, I still <laughs> it was a nonstop laugh fest. It it was so <laughs> fun. So. Uh, I, I explained the movie to my girlfriend earlier. I was like, oh, yeah, we got this listener request, uh, request, and I went and looked up the movie, and, you know, it's Andy Sedaris, so all of his movies are just topless women, lots of guns, you know, like any other, you know, 90s action film. And she was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. And then no, she good. just happened she the to be movie. in the room when like uh when like they were loading the like when just when the live snake and the and Donna and Taryn were were driving they did like just the way they were talking she was like well now I have to watch this movie <laughs> and she absolutely loved it. she was like this was so great to watch this was so fun to watch it oh was God, so- an absolute blast so uh piggybacking off of that content warning uh there is a significant amount of nudity in this uh, uh implied sexuality uh implied drug use uh lots of violence lots of lots, lots of, of lots of guns some stabbings yeah. uh a whole bunch of people i mean everyone has nunchucks but no one knows how to use them no uh, <laughs> that blew my mind <laughs> what <laughs> we'll talk about that too uh but yeah so the uh, there's a there's some some gore from a a, a <laughs> A toxic snake. A toxic, uh, uh, cancerous snake. (laughs) It was a a talk. It was filled with toxins and cancer rat snake. And just like a whole bunch of uh, just awful one-liners that will make you cringe. God, Uh, so so there's there's your content warning. There, that's that's all the content warning you need. Uh, I'm so glad that we uh, definitely wrote down some of the one-liners because some of them were just. (laughs) 
<laughs> chef's kiss. Like, just, just. Um, so I the. I am unfamiliar with Andy Sedaris, um, at least by name. So I'm looking real quick to see if I know any other Andy Sedaris. Andy, was Andy Sedaris in this movie? Andy Sedaris is he in totally the movie. Was. He plays the uh, the director agent guy. Yeah, okay. Um, He's the fucking sleazy ass director. Gotcha. He was. That fits. <laughs> um, so uh, I I do know. I so I have actually seen Malibu Express. Which is interesting because they do reference that, and it looks like that this is part of the same cinematic universe as Malibu It's got to be. Because not only they, they show a poster for it, but they reference the character in it who leads yeah. the mercenary government agency to become an actor, <laughs> and he makes a movie called Malibu Express. Um, right, but the other one, and I think this is... That's this is pretty I'll have to look it up. I mean, it is pretty brilliant, is I think it's... Um, I thought it was part of the same one, but I guess it's not. Um, uh, the Avocado Jungle one, I guess maybe he didn't do that one. Uh, I swear that he did, but I, I don't see it in this list, but it was like Cannibal Women of the Avocado Jungle. Um, Weren't we I supposed th- to watch that one? I It was one that I had suggested. Uh, how do you spell Cannibal? Is it A-R-M-I-E? Um, <laughs> cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death i mean there's so many superlatives in that name it's just fucking phenomenal uh so this is not an andy sedaris film but it definitely feels like it, it would be a part like in that same thing but this one actually stars um shannon tweed and bill maher what so, yeah there's that adrian barbeau uh, oh man yeah, but that was the they, movie I was thinking of, but that's not that's not an Andy Sedaris film. They briefly reference one of his other films, Seven, uh, in that same scene where they're talking about uh, the, the, the Malibu, uh, Malibu Express. Yep. Um, they um, they have a poster of it, and they reference it as being like a German film or something like that. Yeah, so like Andy Sedaris has an interesting career. So he... Um, he did a lot of uh, directing of like sports things too. Like he did uh, like some baseball games, the summer Olympics, um, Monday, Monday night, night football, football, a boxing match, uh, Gemini man. He did an episode of Kojak. He did the Hardy boys and Nancy do uh, Nancy drew mysteries. These are all in the seventies. The Olympic games was the 1968 Olympic games. And then Where he was, was part that? of a series called the magic land of Alakazam. This ran from 1961 to 1964, but his very first big gig was ABC's Wild World of Sports in 1961. Uh, it is a note that I should mention um, that Andy Sedaris uh, did, in fact, die in March of 2007. So he uh, he is no longer with us to give us gems of this nature. And I will tell you, that is a straight-up tragedy. I mean, he hasn't released anything since 1998. Yeah. So, like, he... He, I think he 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 had his uh, his career and probably settled into a cozy retirement and just lived out the last twenty yeah. years of his life saying yeah, fuck all y'all because <laughs> it looks like it looks like from nineteen seventy nine till about nineteen ninety three it looks like he did uh, he he just did a string of movies that appear to be all of the same this same exact type of movie so seven Malibu Express Hard Ticket to Hawaii. 
Picasso Trigger, Savage Beach, Guns, Do or Die, Hard Hunted, and Fit to Kill all appear Amazing. to be probably part of all of that same idea or universe. I mean, Lethal Ladies Return to the Savage Beast right. Beach is probably... <laughs> yeah, that's. I would assume that's probably a sequel to Savage Beach. Uh, a good... Uh, that's a good nine years later. Good for him. And that, that was his, his last, last one. Oh, a rest. stolen computer floppy disk filled with information about the location of a mythical trevor, treasure in Savage Island will lure both villains and lethal agents. Lethal is an acronym here. Right. Uh, into a dangerous treasure hunt. Oh, my God. I, this is <laughs> phenomenal. Well, uh, rest in peace, Andy Sedaris. Yes. Your filmography is, uh, is quite the career. Um, One might say it's the tits. <laughs> uh, I would say that. It's a joke would, because there's there's a lot of toplessness. There's a lot of toplessness. Like, very gratuitous. <laughs> just, like, they, it's they, pretty... They miss almost no opportunities to get women out of their clothes in this movie. I, I don't think... I can't think of a single woman that wasn't topless in this movie. Even... There was even the dude who was pretending to be a woman was topless in this movie. So, like... <laughs> There literally was not a woman that was not topless, <laughs> which is, uh, I mean, it's just so fitting. So uh, I, we watched this movie on Tubi TV. Um, Hard That's Ticket Hawaii is available. And actually, uh, all of Andy Sedaris's films, to my knowledge, are actually available on uh, Tubi TV. There is a whole collection of all of these films. I know Malibu Expresses. I know Savage Beaches. I've seen both of those. Um, so I, I, I would guarantee that they're pretty much all there. Seen as in watched or seen as in like you saw them in the menu? Uh, I have uh, I have seen uh, Savage Beach uh, in the menu and I have watched Malibu Express. You son of a bitch. I know. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, of course I did. I was like, well, I'm going to watch this. I mean, it was a few years ago, but I've watched it. <laughs> so they are all available streaming uh, seemingly for free. No sign up required. Just go to tubtv.com or download the app on your uh, smart TV player of choice. Um, so this film is really interesting because there are several plots running throughout this movie. And now yeah. a, a couple of them, um, specifically Taryn, uh, I'm going to assume is probably a carryover from uh, a previous film, probably specifically Malibu Express. And I'm actually going to guess that um, a lot of things were carried over from Malibu Express. It's been a while since I've watched it, so I didn't fully know. But one of the big ones is, uh, so we... we. She was in Savage Beach. She was in Savage Beach, so maybe it's from yeah. Savage Beach. Did she play uh, Taryn in Savage Beach? Yes. Okay, so that's... Although Savage Beach came out, came along like a couple years later. Oh, so maybe it carries on? Maybe. Interesting. Yeah, because... And Picasso... Tiger, uh, Picasso sorry, Picasso Trigger Yeah. Uh, as well. She's um, in that as so, Taryn? Yeah. Interesting. So she's in at least at least three of these films uh, as the the same character. Very but not not Malibu Express. Interesting. Well, which is weird because they they specifically say uh, Malibu Express. So uh, Donna, however, is in Fit to Kill, Savage Beach, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, um, Do or Die, Guns. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Picasso Trigger. Um, yeah, so she was in pretty much all of them. So the first one that Donna was in looks like it was Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Then she was in Picasso Trigger. 
Then she was in Savage Beach. Then she was in Guns. Then she was in Do or Die. Then Hard Hunted and Fit to Kill. And she was also in Silk Stockings. I know I've <laughs> mentioned Silk Stockings before. We've talked yes. about that, that USA show, <laughs> where it was one of those shows that, like, there was no nudity in that show, but it was, like, as close as USA could fucking get. Like, it was yeah. as close as possible as they could get to showing nudity in that film, and I remember in those uh, that series. And I remember watching it as a kid. I mean, uh, Silk Stockings, you know, 1993-ish. So, you know, I'm like 12 to 14. And I remember watching it being like, I feel like I shouldn't be able to watch this, but at the same time, yeah, like it is okay because there is no nudity or anything in this and there's no swearing or anything because it's like on broadcast TV. It's very it weird. was technically okay. Right, right. It was technically okay, but like probably not so much for a 12-year-old. Um, and thus, mm-hmm. exactly as the reason I am as I am now. Um, but yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's where we watch this film. So Hard Ticket to Hawaii starts with a really interesting thing. So we see two uh, older or an older cop and a younger cop who, who are um, the whole movie, by the way, is set in Hawaii. Um, absolutely beautiful surrounding. So, mm-hmm. so the movie starts with these two cops and we get the line. We get the, the one line that oh we always like the minute you hear it, you're like, you're fucked. The one cop goes, I've got a month to retire. When I'm done, you're taking this all over. And I was like, oh, that's it. You're fucking dead. Like we knew I right said that out loud. I'm like, he dies real soon. And then uh, Ellen was just kind of walking around doing stuff. And she's like, yeah, retirement. Yeah, he's dead. Uh, oh, yeah. And then it was it was not even two minutes later. They get caught by the, the drug runners and get strung up and shot. And I was like, well, there it is. And she's like, already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> minutes within. Yeah, so oh my god, it, it's a pretty interesting thing. And if anything, this this cop has such an amazing like uh, uh, like an amazing um, like theory on legalization uh, because <laughs> of drugs. Because he was like, ah, we're gonna go in. This family's been you know uh, growing weed for for decades on this land and. You know, I just go in and, you know, tell them to, to cut it out. And then they, they send me a package and some money and then I let them do their thing. And the young cop's like, well, why would you do that? Like if they're doing this thing illegal, he's like, Meh. he's like, they're hurting anyone and all the money, you know, they spend all their money and all the people that get the money just go back into town and spend it anyway. So it's good for the local economy. And I'm like, it's good true. for you, dude. <laughs> like that is very, that is exactly right. It's a very progressive movie when you think about it. It really is. It's not. It really, it's, it's, it's not. Absolutely it's not. actually <laughs> crazy sexist and racist. But uh, so, so that was, you know, so he's like, ah, so I'm going to go. And so they, they walk up and they see, all of a sudden they see like way more people than normal. And there's like guys with machine guns. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. This is, this is, this is a little more than what's going on. They're like, here, let's, let's go back to the boat. So they go, you know, running back to the boat and get caught in the classic, Mm -hmm. you know, Bugs Bunny, uh, you know, tripwire, scoop them up and hang them upside down. And, uh, a a bad guy by the name of shades. Because of course, because he wears sunglasses. Because he wears sunglasses. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Fucking duh. What else are you going to call him? Nick? Like, no, of course you're not. You're going to call him Shades. Anyways, so Shades just hauls off and shoots him. 
and uh, and that's the end. That's the beginning of our uh, of our film. And then we go to the most amazing title sequence I have ever seen. Uh, it oh, was just yeah. fantastic. Yeah, they're in a, um, the, the, the packing warehouse of this uh, cargo company on, uh, on the island. And uh, as they're like packing up and like closing and moving the crates around uh, on all of the shipping labels are the names of the, the cast. Yeah, it was just... And, it was just such a, it was a scene. Um, My first thought was, how did they get those people in those crates? <laughs> They're just that wasn't my first thought. It was I a very did think one. that, though. Uh, and so one of the crates <laughs> we see, uh, we see two crates land, and this is uh, pivotal, uh, pivotal to the entire plot of the movie for some reason. It's like, <laughs> the thing about this, so I'll tell you it, and then I'll explain why I don't understand. So we see two crates land, and one of which is, uh, you know, says live snake, and it yes. says caution, you know, like containment, you know, medical containment, like don't open, blah, blah, blah. And then the other one is just another live snake crate that's just a normal live snake crate. And the guy mm -hmm. was like, oh, okay, you got to load this, you know, be careful with the snake. You got to load it up onto the plane. It's going to head over to the zoo or whatever. And uh, the guys are like, okay, boss. And, um, and then time for a coffee break. Yeah, time for a coffee break. And then somebody is like driving a forklift. See, this is where forklift safety comes in so much. You've like you be. really need to watch those videos. You gotta yeah. watch where you're going. It's very crazy. Hey, fun fact, by the way, uh, one of my uh, editing jobs was to edit safety training videos for things exactly like uh, driving forklifts and operating heavy machinery. I used to edit those I videos. Thought, I thought you were gonna tell me you were a licensed forklift operator. I am not a Someone licensed forklift I know is. operator. I can't remember who, but someone I know is a licensed forklift operator, yeah. and that's kind of dope. I have driven a forklift before, um, but I'm not licensed, so I illegally drove a forklift, and it was awesome. Mm. I would woo, totally do woo, it again. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, you're fucked, <laughs> Oh, dude. shit, the forklift cops are <laughs> The forklift feds. <laughs> They're on my tail. Um, so dumb. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah. So, and now the thing happens, the guys load up the thing on, on the cargo plane, uh, but we were introduced to Donna and Taryn. <laughs> and, uh, so we learn that Donna is basically, uh, undercover by the agency. Um, the DEA. Oh yeah. The DEA. She's but it's like, she just keeps saying the agency. But so she's, yeah, drug enforcement, but she is, uh, basically running a cargo company as like a cover like that's pretty much like the yeah right like that's their, their that thing. is her cover but somehow it's become like a successful profitable business <laughs> which uh there's there's a really really funny um uh i think it's a chinese movie i can't remember the name of it i'll have to look it up but there's a really funny movie that's that exact plot um that these uh these cops set up this restaurant as like a front um, but then it turns out that like the, the cop, like the lead cop for it, it turns out that he just loves to end up like loves being a chef and his restaurant ends up just being crazy successful. And he was like, huh. oh, well, I kind of just want to be a cop. <laughs> like, I just want to be a chef now. But like, yes. but because he he ended up like because he was like a chef with like, you know, a, a, like a mob or something like he's so embroiled in the mob and he's like, uh. So like I could be a cop and like arrest all these people, but like these are my best customers and my <laughs> restaurant's really successful. I can't think of the name of the movie. I'll have to look it up. 
Very, very funny movie. That does sound pretty awesome. Yeah, it was great. That was a really good movie. Um, but yeah, so, you know, so she mentions that. So now Tara, Taryn, Taryn, uh, Damn. is is in witness protection, but because she because she can't um like like she has a hit on her everywhere, the only place she can be that's safe is with Donna. So basically they've assigned her to basically help Donna basically run this this cargo place. Um but we missed Rowdy. I, I missed Rowdy. I missed the introduction oh. of Rowdy and, and the first yeah, line you descent. Did. So how how are we introduced to, to Rowdy? We get uh, just before the the scene with the the two uh, uh, island cops. Actually, I think they work for the shipping company. Uh, maybe maybe for the island. It was it was confusing because the the shipping company was named after an island. Yeah. Anyway, uh, just before we get introduced uh, to them, uh, we have a scene of um, Donna swimming, and she comes up out of the water, and we uh, we see her meet with Rowdy, who. She's like, you know, come on in. The water's fine. And he's like, I've got better things to do with my body temperature, which is one of the worst, but also most hilarious come ons I've ever heard in my life. I mean, that line alone, like you sent that line to me and I hadn't started the movie yet. And then I had like, I started it just a few minutes later and I heard that line and I was like, I know exactly (laughs) what I'm getting into with this movie. (laughs) Like that, that line, that scene was just amazing. So so the thing about this movie is this is this is like this weird like male fantasy type film mm-hmm. but not like in the crazy crazy toxic male fantasy in the world where it's like the, the male fantasy where the guy thinks that they're the good guy and that they like totally think women are equal and stuff like that but they're totally wrong. Like they don't actually think that but they like think that they do because all the women are kind of like snappy back to him and have a little like hey mister and they all have like this aggressive sexual nature where they're like i'll get what i want and they you know they have their little one-liners back like one guy was like oh i've got a great seat for you you can sit on my face and she's like why is your nose bigger than your dick is great <laughs> fucking line but it's, That's it's fucking it was like the the host at the restaurant uh, ashley i think his name was yeah. what a fucking sleaze he was but so that's the thing is like you know, you have a guy like that, and every guy is kind of like that guy. They're all talking about like, oh, you know, I, I went and saw this nurse, and she she kept me in stitches. Just fucking terrible. And like, you know, <laughs> she actually, treated me that. real nice. And it was like... <laughs> she kept me in stitches. She kept <laughs> me in stitches. <laughs> I fucking... This is ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's also like... The the main characters are ostensibly Donna and Taryn, and you know this is an action film, and so you know typically in an action film, even now I would say like of this time period, but even now, uh, you would have you'd be introduced to like supposedly like badass women action heroes uh, who at the end need to be rescued, right? And there's a, a little bit of that, but for the most part, they really hold their own and like hold the spotlight through pretty much the entire movie, and the men are there. Almost as much as like the gratuitous like muscly chests uh, as anything else. Yeah, and, and it's weird because <laughs> they're not again, smart. They're not particularly heroic. No, they're... and like Rowdy is a terrible shot, and like they keep joking about how he can't like <laughs> shoot a gun. He like you know the the one guy uh, I forgot what his name was Jade. Um, Jade, yeah, yeah, who Jade. was the like 
like straight up Steven Seagal ripoff, yep. right down to the ponytail, which is um, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So Jade, you know, keeps making fun of Rowdy that he can't like hit his targets. He's like, "You need to practice, Rowdy." You know, what do you do? It was just, <clears throat> oh boy. Um, but yeah, so there's like this, but it's like this casual sexism and misogyny. But like all the women play it off and then they just do it right back. And so it's that mindset of like, hey, I'm just I'm, you know, I'm super sexy and all women want me. And, you know, they're just being playful and blah, blah, blah. And it's okay for me to be like, you got a nice set of hooters and for them to be like, no, that's just that person being that person. And then blow it off and everyone thinks it's cool. That happens the whole movie. I know this is very common. It's like every guy. But it's It's like every every guy. guy. Yes. Like every and the worst part about it is, is that it's actually every good guy. You're frozen. Oh, 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 there you go. You died. There you go. Everybody froze. (laughs) Um, But but so that's the thing. Like it's not. It's not even like the bad guys are like that. Like it's only the good guys act like that. It's that same sort of thing. It was very weird. And just like the the like unnecessary like B side like B roll actors that are just like in the background. Uh, they'll make comments like just guys at the restaurant. Yeah. Like you didn't even need to speak. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like one of the waitresses, um, you know, who's, uh, they're in Hawaii. So, you know, everyone's wearing very beach typical Hawaiian typical outfits. And like, you know, the, one of the waitresses walks up and the guy like looks up at her face and then looks straight at her boobs and looks back up and is like, I'll have a pair of coffee. Actually, that was Andy Sedaris. That was, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's like, uh. it's those sort of comments. And the, the sleazy host dude at one point walks up and he's like, oh, I see you've met these and the nice young lady that they you know, that came along with. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, right. <laughs> like I would, if if that happened to me at a restaurant, like if somebody walked up and was like, oh, I see you've met these and the lady that brought, I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? I am leaving this restaurant <laughs> right now. Ma'am, you should come with me. <laughs> like, what is you wrong need to you? leave. This is messed up. Very, very messed Heard? up. Her character name was Patty Cakes. Of course it was. Why would it not be? I thought that they were just like, like sleazy nicknaming her, but like that's how she's credited. Oh, Patty boy. Cakes. Yeah, there there was a few people. So like Donna plays Donna. Um mm-hmm. uh there's uh um who else? Uh Edie, no, there was a couple of people that actually play their character's name. Oh yeah, uh Michael. Uh, who plays Michelle as well is is his name is actually Michael. Um, who else? There was a couple more, but I think that's all I can see for now. Oh, Patty Cakes, and her name was Patty in real life. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, she's. I saw her name in the credits, and it was Patty Duffick. Yeah. And for a second, I read it as Pat Duffy, and I was like, all right. All right. Settle in. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. That's, that's all right. Patrick Duffy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he a uh, step by step? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was. <laughs> oh no! Step by step is another one of those shows that, like, that's that's like classic TGIF, and I always forget about. Like, I always forget that show existed, but then, like, as soon as I said it, the theme song's in my head. I can see the roller mm-hmm. coaster. Like, I can picture their kitchen perfectly. Like, yeah. that was with uh, Cody, right? Yeah. Whoa, dude, right. <laughs> right. He ended up being in a kickboxer movie. Um, of course he did. 
Yeah, I mean, because he was a kickboxer. Wasn't he was, in a kickboxing movie. There was actually an episode where he was a kickboxer in Step by Step, where it was like subconsciously right. though. Yeah, I remember that show. Oh, step by oh step. Oh my god. Step by so step, day by day. Oh, I hope that somebody on Latchkey Kids does that uh, theme song <laughs> as their dramatic reading. A fresh start over, a different hand to play. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be you it's gonna be you yeah by the way if you guys are not listening to latchkey kids uh one of our brand new oh podcasts God. that launched on night shift radio it is just great uh the last so uh, let me see this is february first last week's episode uh was part two of greg baldwin um who does the delight. voice of uncle iroh uh from avatar the last airbender and also um uh akuma aku uh i think it's just aku aku from uh samurai jack um oh great great episode great great two-part episode yeah he was just phenomenal um yeah great great guest uh but uh, i will not spoil the dramatic reading that he did go back and listen to it um it was a very uh it was a good one uh it was good very uh, to to that. In, in line with hawaii i won't tell you why um oh. Uh, but anyway, so back to the movie, but yeah, so there's the casual sexism and then a few moments of casual racism. Um, but I, I mean, I'm not excusing it in any way, but like no. watching this movie, I was like, yeah, this is exactly the shit that I used to see all the time in the nine. This is every movie, like even these like weird, you know, like subset movies like this, but like, this is also true of very popular movies. If you've mm -hmm. never seen lethal weapon four, Go back and watch Lethal Weapon 4, the one with Jet Li, and the amount of crazy casual racism against Asians is, and it's not, actually, it's not casual. It's very blatant. It was mm -hmm. just like, oh my God. Like, there's an entire scene where they're making fun of a guy for his accent, and I'm like, holy fuck. Like, how is this still okay? And then I was like, oh, right, it was Mel Gibson. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it's one of those things where it's such a, like a, sh it shouldn't be, but it was something of a shock of realizing like, shit, this was just like humor when we yeah. grew up. Like this was just accepted as like, this was okay. It was never okay, but no. it was just casually thrown about like the same like impersonations, the like absurd Confucius say jokes and whatnot. Just like, what yeah. the fuck? Uh, like knock off Steven Seagal guy. His like, like his obviously like California white dude, but his name was Jade Chan. Yeah, and the bad, I mean, like, one of the big bad guys in this movie, his name is Mr. Chang, and he's yes. played by fucking Peter Bromelo, who is just some <laughs> fucking white Irish guy. Like, uh, but, I, I mean, also, though, he's been in some pretty crazy things. Uh, he was in The Rocketeer. Um, he was in uh, The Avengers, the series, the 1968 uh, series. Mm -hmm. um, what else was he in? Uh, he was in Wild at Heart. Yeah, uh, Wild at Heart. the best Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> yeah yeah my stepmother's an alien um a break-in he was the judge in in the original break-in film which by the way that guy died a couple of weeks ago that was very sad i oh, know yeah the main guy from it he was in the show remington steel very interesting um hawaii Five O. I mean like eight is enough fantasy island uh jesus christ like uh oh the hardy boys and nancy drew mysteries he was in the one Damn. that uh andy sedaris uh, directed can we talk um, about how uh, Peter Bromelow was also the only one in this movie who could fucking act? And well, 
It yeah. wasn't just like it wasn't just like he like could act and like could play a believable character. He takes it all the way to like full on classical British stage acting. Oh, it was like uh, no was one like must know of our plans. Kill but them all. He was like <laughs> one of the first three Bond villains. Like that is exactly yes. like the the caliber of acting that he delivered. Uh-huh. On top, I mean, keep in mind that like the the sub bad guy Seth, one of his um dudes, uh, one of his like gang members, literally the dude's face never fucking moved. Like he would deliver a line, <laughs> his brows wouldn't move, his eye, his eyes, his brows, his forehead, his cheeks. Like it was just like his lips would move a little bit, and it's like your entire face is plastic. <laughs> Wait, well, you're you're referring, of course, to Rodrigo Obregon. I, I have a trouble with rolling my R's. Uh, well, but, yeah, uh, R- Rodrigo Obregon, uh, who uh, was also in almost every one of uh, Andy Sedaris's movies, but as a different. Uh, stereotypical uh, Latino name uh, every time. <laughs> so that's super weird because so he's the bad like in all these movies, but Donna is the same Donna in all these other movies. <laughs> but the, yeah, he's just a, he's a different uh, bad guy. He's and a different presumably, bad guy in all of them. That is wild. I hope he meets a similar fate in each one because that would be hilarious. Oh my god, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah, you know what? Here, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go to a commercial break really quick, and when we come back, we'll actually talk about this movie. Um, uh, but before we do, just a quick reminder, of course, if you have not subscribed, please do so. Um, it's uh, it's a really great way to find out when new episodes come up um, because we... Um, so, I mean, just last week, we released two episodes last week. We did a bonus episode, uh, our first yeah. big crossover event um, with uh, Second Edition 1. We did um, we, we carried on with part two of Battlestar Galactica Razor, one of the mini movies oh, so that happens in between the seasons. Um, and so then, much fun. Yeah, so good. And then on Thursday, we dropped our trailer for, for today's episode. Uh, and then today, you, you have an episode. So definitely uh, uh, make sure to subscribe so you can hear about all those cool things. And if you're like, you know what? I love hearing you guys. And it'd be really cool if I could hear you even earlier. What? Well, it just so happens you can. If you actually head over to patreon.com slash Radio, you can subscribe to our Patreon and get our episodes uh, like up to three days early. So you'll be able to get them uh, on uh, at the earliest Friday, but uh, sometimes it's Thursday. Um, well, you'll be able to get them super early so you can listen to, to the episodes before anybody else, as well as extras and bonuses from all eight of our podcasts um, across Night Shift Radio, as well as our two upcoming non-podcast shows. Um, you'll How see exciting. behind the scenes and content, stuff like that. So definitely head over to patreon.com slash Night Shift Radio um, and uh, um, toss us support, uh, some support our way uh much like the women of this movie uh frantically needed as they um again a very forward-thinking movie very forward-thinking yeah fuck bras um and uh yeah so uh so definitely check that out but if they if there was like a website cue the website conversation caleb Oh, oh! You're referring to thenahoit.com, mm-hmm. uh, or of course, uh, I need to update today because tomorrow is the first. Uh, but uh, every month we have our uh, upcoming episodes for the month with links to trailers, as well as where you can find well as where you can find these movies streaming if available. This is where on any other show we would pause, say it again, 
and edit it. Fuck <laughs> editing. No, not here. Fuck that. Fuck editing. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, we, we've talked about we're doing uh, another whole month of uh, listener requests, and uh, that may even uh, spill over into the, the following month. We're not sure. Um, but we've got a handy little contact form on there where you can uh, send us over your requests or just, you know, just say hi, whatever, you know, or, you know, tell us to fuck off. We'll read it all. It's, it's yeah. cool. Uh, and, uh, of course, if you want to know more about the rest of the shows uh, and other content put out by the Night Shift Media Group, uh, you can head on over to nightshiftradio.com. Uh, new and approved. And uh, we, we got some great stuff on there. So you should check that out. Yeah, great website. You did a, uh, you did a really good job on it. Uh, and well, a, thank you. You're welcome. And of course, if you're looking to follow us on social media, uh, we are the Nahoit Podcast, the N H O I T Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And uh, Night Shift Radio is Media NSR on Twitter. Um, so cool. So hang tight. We will be right back. Mindless monsters, once thought human, fill the streets. A corrupt government threatens the lives of the people it's meant to serve. This sounds a little too familiar. Is this real life? Or a video game you can play for fun? Shift Talk Q, Night Shift Radio's newest original production, is your LGBTQ centered source for creative and thoughtful discussions and news at the intersection of gaming, diversity, and community. You can expect unboxings, game reviews, let's plays, community nights, celebrations of what video games are doing right, critical conversations about where the gaming industry needs to do better, and so much more. Be the first to know when new episodes drop by following us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Shift Q. And on Twitch at Shift Q to join the community. For more information about Shift-Alt-Q, visit nightshiftradio.com. Hi, I'm Sarah Sweeney, host of the new podcast, Latchkey Kids. Right now, we're all at home, left to our own devices without any adult supervision. Each weekish, I'll talk to my fellow latchkey kids about what they're up to, how they're wasting time, and, because I can, make them perform a dramatic reading of a TV show theme song. So join me wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Fight, and I'm here with a brand new show called Fight Jokes About Everything. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to bring up a brand new topic, something that's hot on the internet because, because I live on the internet. And we're going to take those silly things, and we're going to joke about them, and we're going to you know, talk a little bit about the history of them and talk about why the internet is such a terrible but wonderful place. So please join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for this brand new Night Shift Radio original. For more information, go to nightshiftradio.com, and of course, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Hello and welcome back to Hard Ticket to Hawaii, which also had an amazing theme song. Yeah. The Hard Ticket to Hawaii, but it's <laughs> by, not by amazing. Seems. You mean awful. Awful uh, and amazing. like hella 80s. Oh, it was so <sighs> 80s, but it was just fucking phenomenal. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. There was there was the the actual like Hard Ticket to Hawaii song, uh, but then there was also Hard Ticket to Paradise. Uh, later on, which was so the they, ending they, song, yeah, yeah, they they covered the the whole way, and you know, I, I, yeah. I respect that. That's... I wonder if like they had uh, so the, so the song was written by Jay Molina. I wonder if they had him make both "Hard Ticket to Hawaii" and "Hard Ticket to Paradise" because they weren't sure on what they were going to name the movie, and they're like, you know what? Why don't you just make a theme song for both? Right, on both. Yes. And then like when we decide which one the what the movie is actually named, we'll we'll use one or the other. And then he wrote both, and they were like, this is a fucking jam. We're just going to use both, but we're naming it Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, and like Hard Ticket to Hawaii was like super like 80s ballad and Hard Ticket to Paradise was a little bit more like rocking, a little more aggressive. It was a lot. It was it was more it, it was the the hard and hard ticket. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one was more of the the ticket and and the heart, I don't know. Um so the thing about the Hard Ticket to Hawaii theme song though was it was very ominous. And now we know why is so Mm -hmm. uh, what we learn is, is Donna and Taryn take this couple uh, on. uh, So they, they kind of doing a double duty cargo thing. So they load the snake up to take it to a wildlife reserve. And what they think is um, the, the normal snake. And then they load up this couple and they're going to fly them and drop them off on this part of this beach where they're just going to like, you know, we, we love observing nature in its natural form is a line that the guy actually says. Um, Yeah. And uh, so they're gonna they're gonna drop this lovely little couple off. Um, you know, nothing bad go, will happen to them. Yeah, nothing bad will happen to them at all, right? And they're they're gonna go off and do their their you know couple you know beaching things, and then they're gonna deliver the snake, and they do. But just as they do that, they get out of the plane. We see a tiny little helicopter, um, and that came from um, uh, uh, Peter Bromelow's uh, Mr. Chang, uh, Peter Bromelow's boat it's it's basically mm-hmm. like a little dr- uh, drone before drones existed this is 1987 and it flies over to the island area which we know is right by where all the machine gun weed farmer things are happening and it drops so, open a lot happening on this island and there's a lot happening in this movie and one plot of this just doesn't make sense the snake is no just so unnecessary it's just so like one extra over the top thing that i just do not understand it's just, somebody was like, no, we got to do the snake thing. Like, like Tony, like, enough the with whole, the fucking snake. Like, like we got the drug like, guys and the thing. Like, that's that's the movie right there. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, look, I already paid the creature effects guy to make the snake. The snake's going to be what? in the fucking Why movie. did you do that? <laughs> Why did, we didn't say to pay him first. Look, I paid him up front. We have the snake. <laughs> We told you we weren't doing the snake. Well, now we have the snake, so. <laughs> so listen, either we put the snake in or I walk. I mean, that's kind of my philosophy. Like, you know, we're not, we're not going to do the thing. Oh, well, I already did it, so I guess we got to do this. <laughs> so I guess we're doing the thing. I've strong-armed you into adding a toxic cancerous snake. Oh, he's been made, made toxic by uh, all sorts of rat cancer. <laughs> yeah, rat cancer, which like, what? What? <laughs> what? How does that's not that's not even science at all? Like you're not even close to like you could have just made it be a regular snake. Like it didn't even have to be a toxic cancer, a snake. It could just have been a snake, and everyone would have been like, "Oh yeah, snakes. They you know it's a giant thing. It kills people." It could have been that's acceptable. It could have been a a poisonous snake, right? Sorry, venomous. It could have been a venomous snake, Uh, or it could have been just like a particularly aggressive boa, right? Right, or an Which anaconda, they, you know? I mean, yeah, I guess they, the, the movie Anaconda was a few years off, but, you know. They thought they were delivering a boa to a, a wildlife preserve. Uh, I also love the like the kind of throwaway line where someone's like, there's never been a snake on the island before. Well, I guess there is now. Like, <laughs> right. Nothing Shred. bad can come of this situation. Like, <laughs> right. This is definitely going to resolve itself very peacefully. Didn't you see the episode of The Simpsons where Bart brings the frog? Come on. <laughs> i'm sure that episode simpsons. aired by now simpsons predicts everything they do dolary do's <laughs> so so the snake gets loose obviously obviously um and the girls uh discover the helicopter they open up the helicopter and in it are two little boxes 
they pick one of them up and the you know and they grab it and just as they grab one of the boxes or they both have boxes um two guys one of them being shades uh comes out and the other oh, one no, is these are these are shades's sub sub henchmen right oh yeah so it's chemo and i don't know some other dude doesn't matter um he, i don't even maybe, know if he honestly gets like an actual credit. oh no it's earring uh who is played by glenn chin there we go um, earring yep yep earring and then uh someone else maybe chemo or something no because um, it's it's a fucking skateboard dude oh yeah yeah i forgot about him um <laughs> Oh, that's pretty interesting. So, so Glenn Chin has actually been in some really good movies. Um, he was in uh, Natural Born Killers. He was in the original Mortal Kombat movie. He was in Mortal Fifty First Kombat. Dates. He's in Naked Gun, uh, Naked Gun Thirty Three and a Third. Did you know they're remaking Mortal Kombat? Yes, with like a really large budget. It looks really fucking cool, actually. I bet um, it sucks. Yeah, no, I'm still gonna watch it though. Um, <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, dude! It's fucking Mortal Kombat, and I swear to God, I I'm putting this out there right now, okay, to our thousands of listeners. If I do not hear the Mortal Kombat yell, I will fucking riot. I will riot. It has I to mean, happen. It, it's got to happen. Be... I need I need to hear the Mortal Kombat. I will fucking I will destroy things. It'll be a one-man riot, and you'll be destroying things in your own home. But like, okay, your your protest is noted. True. Thank you. That's all <laughs> I needed to hear. Accept it. I see you. <laughs> I've submitted my submitted for the approval of the thing. Oh, he was in Rumble in the Bronx too, and he was in the Rockford Files. Good, good dude. Glenn Chin. Oh, he was in Three Ninjas. Uh, this is like <laughs> phenomenal. Oh, cool. Anyway, so so earring, uh, because he has an earring. Um, uh-huh. So they see the girls and they're like, hey, freeze. And they, you know, start shooting at him. And the girls, you know, uh, one, and this is what Caleb, you were talking about with the nunchucks. She, it's a theme. She, she throws them. She throws like, the nunchucks. Like, she doesn't like even, it's like, a gun at a vampire. Them. Yeah, she just... <laughs> She just fucking throws the nunchucks at the guy's face. And I'm like, that's not how you use those. And then the other girl pulls out ninja stars from her boot and just fucking ninja stars earring in the chest. And he was like, ow, what the fuck, man? I love he just like looks at He's like, ah, dude. Why does she have a throwing star? Who has a throwing We have guns. How did we lose this battle? This chick just threw nunchucks at us, and the other one hit me with a throwing star. We both have guns. How are we losing? There's, I mean, it's a very classic henchman move where uh, throughout this movie, uh, the henchman or hench person will have the upper hand and a firearm, and somehow the uh, person they're trying to attack will get away uh, and rather than like shooting at them, the henchman like runs at them and closes the the gap so that they can be engaged in hand-to-hand combat uh, where their firearm does them no good because their opponent is clearly a master of the martial arts. Obviously. Yeah. And they're just, a, they're just an underpaid henchman. So they don't have those skills. They couldn't afford the martial art classes as you do. I don't know. It's a thing. So, so you know, uh, as they do that, one of the boxes goes flying, and we see it kind of, you know, gets uh, hidden under the brush. Uh, you know, Taryn grabs the other one, and they haul ass out of there. 
and they get back to their apartment and decide to go topless into their jacuzzi um, because they need to really relax after this. Um, I mean, wouldn't you? Right, obviously. Um, and I mean, I'm not wearing a shirt in my jacuzzi, but that's like a completely different scenario. <laughs> but so, uh, like, why are you wearing a shirt? We're in a fucking jacuzzi. <laughs> you're a weirdo. I don't like to wear a shirt. Um, which is fine. If you wear, if you're a guy and you wear a shirt while you do beach things, that is perfectly acceptable. I don't give a fuck totally what fine. you wear. You be you. Anyways, so, so they go back, they go to their jacuzzi thing, they, you know, boobs out. And they open the box to discover that it is a pile of diamonds um, because of course it is. Uh, And so they're like, oh man, we should really report this to the agency and let's, you know, I bet you it has to do with Seth. He's, he's an evil dude or whatever, but let's go to Edie's. Um, This is the, the restaurant, which is another hub for the agency or something. Everybody hangs. I mean, Edie is like, uh, she works as like a contact for the the agency. She she does she's not actually an agent, um, but she like helps pass information back and forth and like you know, helps them out uh, occasionally with spying and whatnot. Uh, but it's also the place where um, the all like the local media personnel hang out. It's where the the mob bosses uh, hang out. Uh, it's where like every sleazy guy on this island comes to like ogle and grope. Yeah, it's, I mean, this place has it all. This has it all. So, um, uh, Edie is also uh, a recurring character and across all of Andy Sedaris's films. Um, she was in Hard Hunted, Picasso Trigger, Guns, Do or Die, which, by the way, Do or Die stars Pat Morita and uh, Eric Estrada. Um, so that's the pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> sorry, Adama. Um, so she was in Hard Ticket to Hawaii, Picasso Trigger, Guns, Do or Die, Hard Hunted, Fit to Kill, as all as Edie. Um, so that's that's her recurring uh, character. Oh. Um, all right. She's, well. And it's a it's Cynthia A little Brimhall. bit of a stretch. Yeah, a little bit of a stretch. Uh, she's, she's from Ogden, Utah. Uh, I knew... Uh, someone by the surname Brimhall who was from the Reno area. Uh-huh. Now, that's not exactly close. Yeah. But it's close enough for there to be like a possible distant connection. A possible like cousin or something. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> um but yeah, so we so we learn about Edie and you know this is this is the restaurant where everybody goes. This is where we see Andy Sedaris as uh the sleazy director guy. And this weird there's this other weird side story that happens where there's like this guy who like is trying to be a sports caster and like he interviews these two football players who just end up like swearing on air yeah. and using a racial slur. I mean, they're, they're two black guys and one of them says the N word and the other one says motherfuckers. And the guy was like, it's, Oh <laughs> no, my career's over. And they're like, Oh, luckily it didn't, the satellite failed and it didn't work. But it was like, what was the fucking point of that entire plot? Like, what did that even i don't even understand what that matter like who was that like who were those people they were they were completely irrelevant to the entire well, movie uh jimmy john jackson the sportscaster mm-hmm. uh is taryn's love interest uh and like she's the he's the first person she meant under her new identity uh so that's that's the level of import that he has where like he he shows up later uh to uh to get some bang time in and then shows up later 
in the, the final scene just to, to like to be there. Um, so I'm curious if he shows up in any of the other movies with her since she's in at least three. Uh, but can we talk just a brief sidebar uh, about the guy who uh, has his whole like vitamin cocktail and goes yeah. through the rundown of like what each one of them does? And wasn't how, like, that Jimmy John? No, it was someone else. Oh, that was I that mean, was maybe, also fucking weird. I think that was I, it, Jimmy John. It could have been like it, he yeah. was. Uh, yeah, JJ Jackson. Like, Okay. All right. He like presented as a totally different character when he did that though. Uh but yeah. he sits down next to these guys. He's like, Yeah, I'm here in, in town for the uh um you know, the 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 football meetings or whatever, the, the winter yeah. meetings or something. And you know, like you guys, you're you're football players, right? With Seattle and like he goes through this list of of vitamins that he takes every day and how to turn your your urine your descent green and yellow and you know, getting you the respect of everyone in the trough. Yeah. Uh and one of the guys just looks at the other. He's got a milkshake in front of him. He's like, I sure love soul food, don't <laughs> like, you? And what? the other's just, yup. <laughs> I didn't even understand that. He's eating a fucking vanilla milkshake, and he's a white dude, and he's just like, I sure love soul food. And starts eating. like, that's not soul food. <laughs> They're cast as soul food lover. Both of them are cast as soul food lover. I do. And the other one's drinking like a margarita. Like it's not even like they're not even first off, they're not even having food. They're both having <laughs> drinks. I don't understand what is happening in this scene. Like, why is this guy talking about vitamins? Why is this person calling a milkshake soul food? What the fuck is going on in this movie right now? It's and incredible. where is that damn snake? <laughs> I need to know where the fucking snake is. It's escaped and it's on it's on a mission. But and so the thing about the snake, uh, you know, to kind of start wrapping this up, I guess. The thing about the snake is the snake just sort of exists in the background and like every so often in the middle of this, like, oh hey, by the way, these drug running diamond mobster people are like trying to kill us. Every so often they'll be like man, we really should do something about that snake. And it's like, what the fuck is, why are we talking about the snake, man? The snake pops it's up so and kills weird. people. Like, of course, uh, the, the couple that uh, went to have their private beach retreat. Oh, yeah, they get uh, fucked up. You know, they're, they're taking Polaroids. Uh, they, uh, they get Which attacked is, by the oh. snake. And Donna and Taryn uh, stumble across the mutilated bodies later. And they're like, oh, my God, what happened? Oh, my God. Uh, and then, of course, they, they find the Polaroid. Uh, and in very much the way that Polaroids don't work, uh, they pick it up and <laughs> so like a, a photo like begins to develop. Like, oh, this one was stuck in the camera. Like, that's not how they work. That, that's anyway. Uh, but as it develops, it's just the shot of the snake. Like, what's up, <laughs> motherfuckers? <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> so good. <laughs> snake eyes. That might be the best, <laughs> best part of the movie. It was snake eyes, motherfucker. <laughs> it was that. <laughs> And the toilet at the end, because Seth oh my had, god, when I said that, I screamed with laughter. I, I fucking <laughs> lost it. I I don't think I have laughed. La I I actually, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I have laughed that loud or boisterously in front of my girlfriend ever. And it just was. She was just like, "What is happening?" Because I just fucking lost I was, it. At one point, covering my mouth with a blanket because I was screaming into it, and Ellen was like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just so good. I, I think it was immediately after the uh, the snake pops out of the toilet when uh, Rowdy comes back with the fucking bazooka. <laughs> he shoots the snake <laughs> with a bazooka. He's going to shoot the snake with a bazooka. With a fucking bazooka. 
with a bazooka. He's shooting the snake. But then the worst part of it, and it's it's just, I was waiting for it. As soon as he did it, I was like, say it. You're going to say it. There, here comes a one liner, and he goes, just when you think it was safe to take a pee. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you, you fucking said it. Uh, someone calls us out in the IMDb uh, goofs. You know, the the dam- like so the bazooka plays a recurring role throughout the movie and it's amazing, uh, but it the damage that it deals uh, it varies wildly from scene to scene. Yeah, uh, from you know like they knock a guy up into the air and like completely eviscerate him with one, which was uh, fucking phenomenal, amazing, like fucking like. <laughs> Tony Hawk, but like with a shitty wig and a mustache, just like fucking doing handstands down the road and shit. Uh, I I swear that this is how this guy got got hired for this job. Is like somebody just saw him doing that shit. Like you're in the movie because he <laughs> yeah, couldn't he fucking was, act. He's just high as balls doing it in Hawaii, and they're like, "Yo, hey, you want, want to make a hundred bucks? Come here." <laughs> oh my god, I, I wish I could think of the name of the guy. That like that I actually think he reminded me of. But anyway, uh, so they, they do that. They knock him up in the air and blow him up with a, with a, you know, a rocket. Uh, but then they do the same thing with like a, a rubber blow up doll, uh, to the same effect. Like it blows up as though it was a human. Uh, and then later they shoot it in the, uh, like the, the drug runner's house and it like targets someone like, through a doorway and like just kills them and then when he shoots the snake it literally it, just blows the snake's head off but it doesn't even so the guy through the doorway it, it hits the door and explodes and it just shoots the guy backwards he doesn't explode or anything like he is just blown yeah. backwards but it's through like a thin like paper door like it's not yeah. like a fucking door like it's not like a metal door or something it's literally just like a clear like like see through th- it was just absolute fucking absurd it does exactly the amount of damage that it needs to for the scene right. and, and but, no more but then another scene it it, it blows up an entire helicopter <laughs> like it's just like this is the most magical rocket launcher in the it's, world and it's a fucking four barrel <laughs> shoulder which rocket also launcher, which this, is the I mean, all of the weapons used in this movie are like the most like stereotypical '80s action movie weapons oh, yeah. you could find. Like the fucking uh, the actual like Megatron pistol. Uh, like every, like half the guys had Uzis, yeah. uh, and then of course this fucking four barrel rocket launcher, which is the most amazing. Thing so, I've ever so the seen. other crazy thing about the rocket launcher, which is exactly how weapons don't work either. Um, is that he has this rocket launcher and it's huge. He has to like put it up on his shoulders and stuff like that. And in one scene, someone's like, here, hold this. And he hands him the rocket launcher and the guy picks it up with just like his one hand. He just like picks it up and is just like holding it in his arms. Like, that is a fucking rocket launcher, dude. That thing's got to weigh at least 50 pounds and you're just palming it like it's a fucking basketball. Like, what are you doing now? Like, Rowdy and Jade are are full on beast mode here though like oh yeah they are yeah yeah after after jade's been shot and just continues driving down the road cracking jokes <laughs> like shot like in the chest yeah he was he <laughs> shot by a shotgun in the fucking chat like literally in the heart and he's like he's like huh well i think there's more shrapnel in our car than there is in me <laughs> as he's bleeding out in this thing. Like, how you feeling oh, buddy well i've been better but i but think i'll, I'll be fine <laughs> phenomenal so uh, yeah 
so, so the whole snake scene. So later on, so, so, you know, all the bad guy things happen. And at the very end of the movie, Seth, who is like the middle bad guy, or the one who's like running the island, but he's, he's like taking orders from, from uh, Mr. Chang, who we see at the end mm-hmm. of the movie. But Seth comes in and, you know, he, he's the only one left alive after they storm the compound and they go in and this is the best part. Seth, it, they do this scene and it is just great. So fantastic. Seth, uh, Seth goes to Donna's house, right? Donna's there and she's like, ah, okay, well we did it as they're driving away. And then someone was like, who killed Seth? And he was like, oh no. So Rowdy flies out of the van in his dirt bike. Out of the back of the van ah. in a dirt bike to go after <laughs> Seth. And meanwhile, everyone else goes home. Donna goes home. She's, you know, cleaning up because she, you know, she's covered in, in dirt and stuff like that. And in comes Seth with a knife. And he, you know, goes to attack her and she, you know, like beats him up a little bit and he, he pins her into a closet and, and she has a spear gun in the closet. And so he breaks in and she spear guns him and it goes through him and he's like, Wah! and she knocks him over and he falls down and he's seemingly dead. And she gets up and she's like, oh, whew. And the music starts playing like da, 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 da. And you're like, all right, cool. So Seth's dead. Everything's winding down. And then she's like, all right. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna calm down. And then Seth jumps up again and he's back there, but this time he has a knife and he goes to stab her and she stabs him with the knife and knocks him over and she's like, ah, oh, and the music da 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 she's like, oh, well, I'm gonna go into the bathroom and relax. So she goes into the bathroom and she sits down and this is when the snake pops out of the toilet <laughs> and explodes out of the toilet. She's like, ah, fuck. So she runs out of the bathroom and then Seth gets up again and she's like, oh shit. So she dives behind the, the fucking bed and the, you know, the, the Seth like hears the noise in the bathroom. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. there she is. And he, he goes into the bathroom and the snake lunges out and bites him. And now he's for real dead. Maybe, I don't know. And then this is when Rowdy <laughs> drives through her wall with the dirt bike in slow motion. He went to the wall of her house. Why did he do that? Oh my god. So <laughs> So he, he drives through and he pulls out his rocket launcher and he's like, hang on, I got this. And the snake rears up and he shoots the rocket launcher and the snakes, only the snakes head blow up, by the way. It's like, it's like a fucking six inch head of a snake and he hits it with a rocket launcher. Clean shot. Clean shot. Right Right between the eyes. The snake's head blows up. And then she's like, you wouldn't believe if this came out of the, out of the bathroom. Just when you thought it was safe to take a pee. And then they go off to Mr. Chang. Uh. <laughs> he pulls down. Like, they beat the shit out of his bodyguard who like lives to make his, his victims suffer or whatever. Like They, they like, talk they about made, how tough he is. They made such a big deal about it. And then they don't even show the fucker's face. <laughs> like, no, they, they just come in and just punch him in the face with like. With, they with, beat like, him the, up like a like a fucking rando first level villain in double dragon right, he's a nobody <laughs> and, uh mr chang like pulls a katana down off the wall and like swings around and like you don't want to do this buddy and he's like oh don't i and the rowdy's like 
you brought a knife to a gunfight and he pulls out a gun and Donna pulls out a fucking bigger The gun. fucking dirty hairy <laughs> like long magnum. <laughs> and Rowdy's face, he just looks at it. Hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And of course she she shoots him a couple times with it and he goes flying out the, the window. Uh and when he goes splat, that apparently is the the level of violence that's just too much for the rest of their crew. They're like, oh, 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 no. Oh, no. Taryn After goes, the- ah, screams and like hides into Jimmy John's uh, um, like arms, even though she literally blew up a fucking helicopter. She blew up a helicopter with people in it. But like, this is troubling her. <laughs> this is, this is, that's, you know, that crosses the line. Right. She watched body parts rain down below her. But this is a little too much. And then they get on the boat and it's the the federal agents and Taryn and Jimmy John and they were like, "Oh, we should we should go back and and get the the rest of the diamonds um so we can, you know, turn them into the agency, right?" And they were like, "Yeah, that's 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 what we're going to do." And Taryn's like, "Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep the diamonds because I'm not a federal agent. I'm just a civilian," which they they've been saying that to her like, "Taryn, you don't you don't need to be doing this. You're just a civilian. Like that you shouldn't be doing this, but yet they do anyways. And she's like, right, right. So I can just keep the diamonds and, and share my wealth with my friends. It's like, first off, no, you can't. No. That's federal evidence. Like that's not how this fucking works. And second off, all of you federal agents who are just like, I guess so, you're all fucking dirty cops now. Like, yeah. you are complicit in harboring and selling evidence of a federal crime. Like, you're all bad. They ride away into the sunset on a party boat, <clears throat> right. giving not not a second thought to the uh, several murders uh uh, as well as various felonies and ethics violations that they've all just committed. It was at least 12 people. Like, like who was cleaning up the flaming helicopter? Like, who was cleaning that up, man? Like, that thing landed on a fucking public beach, probably. Like, there's just an explosion of body parts and helicopters, and they're like, ha, ha, ha. Ah, the locals will clean it up. <laughs> Dude, we have not helicopter. Even- we haven't even addressed the fact that they they left Shades dead on a beach with a fucking razor frisbee in his throat. <laughs> that was the most amazing thing. The razor frisbee was also phenomenal. Also, we need to point out that Seth, uh, in the beginning of the movie, was shot in the face. Yes. In the face. Yes. Just, and he was like, nah, you'll be fine. <laughs> he was shot in the fucking face. <laughs> oh, boy, this movie. Oh, my God. Like... To actually like try to like cover this movie properly, we'd need at least two to three episodes minimum. <laughs> there's just so there's, much. So, so uh, much the fact nonsense. of the matter is, should you watch this movie? Hell yes, you absolutely need to watch this movie. In fact, I would I would even venture to say you should probably watch the entire Andy Sedaris collection. Like, like that is that is an anthology. That is that is a filmography that will bring you nothing but joy. I will add. Like, watch this, but wait until you're in a position where you can safely watch this with friends. Yeah. Uh, because you will fucking scream. <laughs> it is It is definitely better watched with, with friends, uh, with people that will appreciate the ridiculousness in it. Now, of course, 
you know, we, we said it before, but we will say it again. We actively condone uh, the direct sexism and racism in this movie. C- condemn. Um, you know, as much as I could say like, oh, it was that was the time condemn. and blah, blah, blah. It's still not acceptable. And I guarantee there's a lot of it in the other movies as well. Um, but there's there still is a lot to enjoy in this movie. Um, so that being said, yes, you absolutely should watch these movies. Uh, that's just, you should, they, they just should be watched. I just, I, I don't want it hanging out there in the air. You said actively condone. Yes. Yeah. You mean condemn. Condemn. Did I say condone? We do I not condone. condone. <laughs> we do not condone. We condemn this. <laughs> I know I what meant, you mean. I just want I think to I meant to say we don't condone. And then I meant to say we do condemn. And then it yeah, just, it's, it, yeah. words, yeah. words are hard. I meant to Which say cool, hard. and I meant to say great, and it came out gruel. Um, <laughs> my mean girl's quote of the day. <laughs> I was saying boo-earns. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that being said, thanks a lot for joining us for this episode. And Julian, thank you very much for recommending yes. this movie. It was pretty phenomenal. And I have to say, we did this movie first. So the rest of you assholes that have <laughs> submitted things, I hope it's as good as this. Which, <laughs> looking over the rest of the films... I, I have a good feeling about this because we have, uh, what do we have? We have coming up, we have um, Why Don't You Play in Hell, which sounds great. We have Zombie Tidal Wave, mm-hmm. which, I mean, duh. And then we yeah. have uh, a, a classic film. This is this is an older classic film, Turk 182, which is mm-hmm. uh, uh, an older, but is, is a classic film. I have actually seen Turk 182. It is just a, a hilarious film, but it is probably going to be the same sort of uh classic subtle uh, sexism and racism but we'll see it's been a while <sighs> hell of a month coming up hell of a month coming up and then what's the one we have in march i don't think i've added it in there but uh um I that was the one uh, we got recommended on twitter we'll we'll figure it out you'll see it just go to the nohoit.com and you will see yeah. it on the calendar what? What? so <laughs> thanks a lot for joining us everyone and we will see you next time father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.